here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, happy Friday. Welcome to the happy hour. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jamie, I'm your host, and we have a fun show today and a very different show than we're used to creating. And let me just tell you, it was so much fun for me to have this interview and this conversation that I'm thinking we need to do this every month. And I wanna hear from you. So send us an email, jamie at jamieivy.com. Find me on Instagram, leave a comment on this post. I really would love to hear from you what you loved about it, or if you want us to do this again. In fact, I'll get to the end and you'll hear that Jackie, who's my guest today, suggested another thing that her and I should chat about. So we'll see if it happens that way. I have a couple things I want to tell you. Number one is at the very end of this episode, I have a song that I want you to hear. And I don't normally do that. In fact, I've done it a handful of times, but it's because my husband, he's a songwriter and he leads worship at our church, the Austin Stone here in Austin, Texas. Well, Austin Stone Worship has a brand new song that just released today. It's called Hope is Awake. And it's a song for Easter. I think you're going to love it. We're going to play it, the whole thing at the end of this episode. But I would really encourage you, wherever you get music, if you listen on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you choose to listen to music on, whatever platform, go find that song, download it. I promise you that you're going to be encouraged by the song. It's called Hope is Awake by Austin Stone Worship. Okay, so let's get to the episode today. So my friend Jackie Hill Perry uh, is joining me today. And Jackie, this will be her fourth time she's been on the show. She was on the very first time, episode 190. Uh, and then she came on again last summer for episode 410. And then she came on again for 428. And then today is episode 478. So I just can't get enough of Jackie, I guess. But here is how this episode came about. Is I was thinking, you know, we have such great episodes on the happy hour. I am just over the moon proud of this audience and the show that we're creating. And I'm telling Jackie all of this uh, in the in the show as well. So I, I set it up for her. But I just want to tell you, I started to think, man, I just want to have a conversation with a girlfriend that I might have literally over lunch or dinner, which is how the happy hour started to tell to be honest, I was like, man, what would me and my friends chat about? And uh, I have been watching the show cheer. All right. It's a Netflix uh, docu-series. It aired the beginning of 2020, I believe. And then season two just came out in 2022. So I'm a little behind because I just binged both seasons. And I found out that my friend Jackie had also watched it. So as I've been watching it, I would text her my thoughts and opinions. And then I had this idea, what if we did a special show once a month called Tell Me About It? And I just bring a friend on and say, hey, what do you want to talk about? And so I said, Jackie, you want to join me? Let's try it. Let's do this for the first time. Let's talk about cheer. So this is an episode <laughs> all about the docuseries Cheer. It's called Tell Me About It. And I want to say this, if you haven't seen it, like we're going to give a lot of things away. Everything we talk about is online. You could find it. But I think you're going to enjoy this show even if you have not seen anything about the show Cheer. Because obviously we talk about things that happen in this show. But you know Jackie and I can't just talk about the show. We also talk about what it means to be followers of people on the internet and do we see the real person? What do we expect from them? We talk about heroes, anyone that's a hero to us and when we put them on a pedestal, they're gonna fail us. We talk about cancel culture. We talk about cheering for the underdog. I mean, we had a really, really great conversation and I felt like, man, I got to spend a, an hour with one of my friends just having like a conversation about something funny but also deep and we're inviting you into that conversation. So here is a conversation with my friend Jackie Hillberry about cheer. Uh, Jackie, welcome to tell me about it. Hi, glad to be here. Um, I explained a little bit in the in the promo of this show, but I want to just talk to the listener real quick. Uh, I was telling Jackie this morning that when I first started the Happy Hour seven, almost eight years ago, it was very 
conversational as in me and Jackie, who are friends in real life, who would go to have dinner someplace, what would we talk about? That's how the happy hour started. And so I was like, you know what? I need a little, I need a little taste of that. Mm. So this is as if I flew into Atlanta. Where'd you take me to dinner last time, Jackie? Um, the, a so place good. that is closed. What? Did it not make it through COVID? I don't think they did. They closed a month ago. Okay, where would you take me if I come back right now? Uh, maybe Cooks and Soldiers, which is a tapas kind of Spanish vibe. Love it. Place. Love it. Expensive, but good. <laughs> All right, so Jackie and I roll up to Cooks and Soldiers. <laughs> We're eating some tapas. Mm-hmm. We sit down and we're going to unload what's going on in our lives. And the first thing I would say to Jackie is we have to talk about cheer. <laughs> because Jackie knows I've been texting her uh-huh. about cheer. Uh-huh. And you know what? You reminded me this is not the first TV show we've done this about. We did Big Brother a little bit. We did Big Brother. Yeah. You and I, I would text you about it because I used to watch Big Brother years ago. You told me I need to get back. And I did, and I was in it. The whole family, we were in it. No, y'all were. You was behind a lot, but you were. <laughs> we in were it. behind. Yeah. Yes, you was in it as much as you could be. Do you watch things live? Are you like up to date on everything? Yeah. One, well, I'm I'm at home most of the time, and then I don't want to have to. So, for example, like I I follow Julie Chen on Instagram mm. and on Twitter. And I would have to like not check Twitter or Instagram because she would tell me what happened. And so it's yeah. like, let me just be live so I can see mm-hmm. all the things while they happen. So I'm always behind. Clearly, Cheer was released in January of 2020 <laughs> and it is February of 2022. And I just watched it, but I binged it. Uh, so I want to say a few things because we're recording this and this is not just you and I having dinner at Cooks and Soldiers. Yeah. I want to say that these are real life people that we are about to talk about. And would you ever do a reality show, Jackie? Absolutely not. For reasons what? Um, I don't think that people deserve having access to my entire life. I am also not the nicest person all the time. And I feel like that will become my storyline is the, the mean preacher. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's what I was going to bring up about this. Like, okay, let's say we want to have a conversation about everyone wants to talk about Monica, who was the coach there. And I also say, right. if you guys haven't seen this, you'll still enjoy our conversation, but you should go watch it, in my opinion. But Monica's mm-hmm. a real person, and they only showed no, us what they wanted us to see. Yeah. But I mean, I do think it was interesting to see how different she was season one and season two. Okay, let's start here. Okay. Which, side note, I don't think you know, I didn't tell you this. Our family did three interviews with a network about a reality show. Mm-hmm. And you said no. It never really came, went anywhere. But we were we okay. were pretty upfront about Jesus and all the things. But Aaron and I were also like, it can't be about the kids. It can only be about us. Oh, well, that's kind of the thing. It's because y'all got some black kids. and Everybody the wants to see some... <laughs> Some white people raising some black kids. It's true. No, for real. And then we said, it's not about it. We can't do, we're not doing that. They're too young. Oh, yeah. Uh, No, for real. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, because it it would, you become a character rather than a human. And that's the the scary part. Yeah. It's almost like when we did Emmanuel Acho show, I told Emmanuel, you mess with my kids, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a real mad mama. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so kind. Mm -hmm. All right, Monica, different from season one to season two. I binged the show. So I watched, entire season one and season two in about 10 days um yeah. because you can when it's all out lucky you. lucky me i didn't have to wait um i've gotten i talk about on instagram people love monica or they hate monica no one likes yeah. monica why do they hate her a lot of people hated her because of the way i, I had some people talk that they did not appreciate her relationship with ladarius they thought it was codependent and she wasn't uh, uh-huh interesting well, honestly, uh, Monica gives me major three vibes, mm. which is like just really kind of unemotional, guarded, hard. And so even at times when it came to Ladarius, it was hard for me to know if the emotions were actually real, you know, yeah. like because that's an Enneagram three thing. And shame. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
and like vulnerability is, is not a thing, especially with somebody like Ladarius, bless his heart, but he's a bit toxic. Yeah. And so I just was like, I don't, I don't know what's, what's real. Here. Right. Right. Because the camera is in your face inside of a hotel room while you're, you're, you're weeping in his shoulder. It just was like, and if she uh, does fall into like an Enneagram three kind of place, that Enneagram three is going to be fully aware that everyone's watching. Oh, absolutely. That's their life. And they know they, yeah. they know they have to perform. They're performers, especially, yeah. especially since a, a big, uh, not a big part, but a small part of her storyline was just all the backlash from season one. Yeah, you know, and w- like uh-huh. she was like, I can't post nothing without people coming in my head. Yep. So she's she's aware. Yeah, um, you know, I texted you something that Ladarius said. I'm gonna pull it up so I can. Um, Did you? Yeah, Ladarius was talking about. I mean, this is the thing: is a lot of these kids, well, everyone that they focused on. They're coming from some some hardships, from like mm-hmm. difficult situations, which I like was thinking Monica's doing a phenomenal job of giving these kids a second chance, which I did not know that uh, the director also directed Last Chance You, the football series. Oh, well, that makes Doesn't sense. it make sense? Because that makes a lot of sense. Aaron's watching it now because I, I, I roped him and Story into this, this drama. And he said, this feels a lot like Last Chance You. It is, yep. yeah. The focus on the because they they if it's like a reality sitcom, right? It has an arc, you know. It has a mm-hmm. climax. It has the drama. Yep. It has the tension. Yep. But I appreciated the way that Monica was able to bring these kids in and literally give them a second chance, mm-hmm. and a good one, right? Because like the, the lady's good at what she does. That's so true. Like in a real way. But re- what's the well, I also before I get out to this, I was thinking last night when I was thinking about talking to you about this, I was like, you know, the people that are hating on Monica for stuff, I think that a guy coach of a football team would not get the same hate. Why not? Because I'd be like, look, how, I believe you. He's yeah. awesome. He's hard on the kids and he doesn't show emotion. But look what he look at the results he's doing. But people look mm-hmm. at Monica. and They're like, OK, she has results. But let's really talk about how she's interacting with these kids. I don't think they do that to a man. Hmm. Well, yeah. All right. So Ladarius said this. He said, when you're trying to be a new person, but the old person is just right there, it's hard. Hmm. I mean, that'll preach. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, with with his, the first season, I really felt for him because I know people like him who, you know, they had a life where they were abandoned and rejected and just not cared for it and loved. And so they walk around with this defense all the time and so they are hyper vigilant just waiting for somebody to attack them and so even if you're not attacking them the the smallest challenge they got to come back you know on 10 like a little tiger or a lion or a bear you know and so i think i empathize with the reality that that he he he's had a rough life and he needs therapy i wonder if he's getting therapy he might be we don't know because you know that they're yeah. not, and he's young he's young he's too baby. they're all babies i mean they literally yeah. you look at them and you're like you're 18 years old yeah this is baby he, has a, he got some more life to live and you know all right season one to season two so i watched season one and i was like i love this this is so exciting uh this show's full of spoiler alerts they won go <laughs> go uh monica go bulldogs mm-hmm. this is great uh-huh. and my friend Lindsay, who works at ivy media was like just wait because you are not going to feel these feelings in season two. And she wasn't lying. It's like a different. No, it's darker. And and I don't know if they had to go that way or if it just it went that way. But it literally mm-hmm. is a darker feeling to the show. I will say, though, I think what what got me attached to the show initially with season one, which was low key three years ago, mm-hmm. three or four years ago. But um, I'm really intrigued by people that have a skill that I don't have and they do it well. I'm just intrigued by that whole mm-hmm, dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so when I was watching them doing these flips and these pyramids and standing up on the hands and doing like little squats, I said, OMG, I just never considered cheerleaders as athletes. Me neither. Never. Mm-hmm. Cause the cheerleaders at my high school, they clap <laughs> and they might do a little, uh, what do you call it? A little cartwheel. <laughs> That's all they're going to yep. do. They're not doing yep. all of that. So I, I was just, just straight up impressed yeah. by the straight athleticism of these yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I agree too, watching it. And and then you go down rabbit trails and you get on their Instagrams and you see them training. And it is legit 
they are athletes that can do things with their bodies that nobody that nobody else can. All right, let's talk about fame for a minute. You know, you mentioned even when I said, hey, would you do this? Like people don't have this ability to be in my life. But what we saw happen from season one to season two is season one really put these people up in this like fame category that they're just mm-hmm. in Corsicana, Texas, which I live in Texas. Corsicana is nothing. All right. So they're how far is it from Austin? It's outside of Dallas, I think. Or is it East Texas? Well, if it's it's close to Athens, their little competitor, then I think it's East Texas. Got it. Will, yeah, never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little bitty place. Um, yeah. And they all of a sudden were elevated to this level of fame. Mm-hmm. Um, how, like, you know, we say from Christians would be like, we're never meant for all this fame. And we saw it actually be destructive on some of their lives. Mm-hmm. But we have also seen careers born out of this. Yes. So what did you think about going from season one to season two when they show back up? (laughs) And listen, they focus on like five people and there's like 35, 45 people on this team. It is. How would you feel if you were one of the other people and everyone else is on Ellen? They're on Jimmy. Yeah. I was like, Mana got her like, it's like Jesus in the three. Like she like, you going to come up with me to the the, uh, Mount of Transfiguration. The rest of y'all going to have to sit back. And I was just (laughs) like, I, I think. I just wondered and still wonder if that created any bad vibes within the team, you know, Mm -hmm. because you have you have again, you have kids who are still maturing and now have this celebrity and they keep keying up with the head coach who got this book deal and they on Ellen and, you know, uh, Jerry getting the yell for people (laughs) and all these things. And then you got these other 25 that we don't even know. their No, we don't know their names. We barely even seen them at all. We just know that you made mad. Yep. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> this is a conversation, and I don't know how much you keep up with college football, Jackie, but... Uh, zero. Okay, zero. So we won't go here, but I just want to say, this is kind of like when they have been talking about college athletes uh, being able to get endorsements, is mm-hmm. then you're saying, oh, well, what might happen is you've got an entire team of athletes, and you've got two stars who are making, you know, $500,000 a year as a sophomore in college. How do, does there going to be some kind of... Um, tension on the team because you've got this oh, star is. who could make potentially a million dollars in a year and he's a sophomore in college and living in the dorm next to you i mean so there's that's been a conversation in college football no it is because we're we're human beings and so like if, if somebody's on my team and i'm over here uh scraping up pennies and eating ramen noodles every night but he out here at cooks and soldiers <laughs> just like killing it like i'm going i'm going to fill away mm-hmm. period yeah. so Oh, that's hard. Yeah. All right. It is hard. Okay, so um let's talk about Jerry. Mm-hmm. That was rough. It was because look, on season one, Jerry was my favorite. Everyone's favorite. I don't think you're alone there. Like the little Yale mm-hmm. and the little like his just he was just infectious, you know? And so when I saw the article about what happened with the child pornography and things like that after the season ended, I was like, wait, like, I don't know. And I, th- I'd be thinking I could read people. And I was like, I just didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. And so the way they kind of talked about it on season two, it was just like, oh, this is way deeper than I even knew, you know? So, so he was, you know, a favorite of mine as well. I really like uh, Morgan a lot. And, you know, she's one who lived with her grandparents up yeah, in the north. She's consistent. She's consistent. And I think she now has like 800 million followers on Instagram. She has really risen to fame. I don't know what she's doing with it. But so Jerry, yeah. uh, he was a favorite. And then um, since I binged all these in 10 days, I got to kind of go in real time. And when they did that announcement at the beginning of season two, I mean, I'm like, what and it was hard because i believe in some of the episodes of season two he's still around because they're filming before it happens am i right or am i yeah yeah. because because season two is is filmed i think over two years yeah since they did the competition Uh COVID hit and then they practice did the competition again so i have a question for you and i would love to hear your opinion about the fact that they they did an entire episode on um Jerry and what happened and mm-hmm. what had happened just to give everyone a context if you haven't seen it and you don't care to go watch it uh, they found lots and lots and lots of child pornography on Jerry's computer and what kind of spearheaded it was two boys underage uh, minors came forward and said that Jerry had solicited um, nude photos from them 
and sex and sex you're right and the, and yeah. that was done in person this that wasn't mm-hmm. solicited over phone yes and so i have heard very differing opinions on that episode as to those two boys who were minors coming up and talking about it so i'd love to hear your opinion and if you want to tell me that if you want to hear my, the two things i've heard first i'll i'll do that yes, okay so the I two do. things i've heard was those boys are heroes I'm so proud of them. Look at them coming forward and talking about this. And I've also heard who in their right mind let two, uh, they're underage, let's say 15, 16, I'm not sure. Who in their right mind put two 15-year-old boys on a Netflix special and made them tell their story about being sexually um, assaulted? I don't know what the right word is here. By this famous person. Yeah. So I've... I've heard these two differing, like, look, they're heroes. And why in the world did their mom say, yes, you can put their face on TV and talk about this? I mean, I had someone send me an Instagram message that was like, I think those boys go to my kid's school. And then, like, two days later, she's like, yep, they do. I found them. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't even think about that. I I, I think that is, I think I see both sides. Right. You know, like for them to be able to discuss it and talk about it and, you know, tell their mother all the things like does take a lot of courage, but I do think that it's unhealthy potentially to one, if they're talking about this without some like straight up community and like therapy, because even like discussing these types of things is traumatic. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm I'm somebody who wrote a whole book about my mess Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it re-traumatized me by talking about it. Um, And so that's that. But I I guess the mother probably felt like, hey, they need to be representatives of the fact that this is happening and that this is happening in spaces that we presume were safe. And this is happening from people, you know, who have these grand, great personalities, but are low-key abusers. So, you know, I'd be interesting. I wish I would have done a lot of research on this. You know, we had the whole Jerry Nasser thing with the gymnast uh, mm-hmm. thing. I'd be interested to know if any of the women who have gone public went public as a minor. I don't remember any of them doing that. That's what's important. That's the conversation that I would want to have because I think about if that was my child and they're under 18, I'm the one that has to make that choice for them. They don't, they're yeah. under 18. And so yeah. it's just hard too because then those boys become a poster child for something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the same thing you just said. Like, I, the reason I don't talk about adoption a lot, and again, I'm not comparing either thing, obviously, is because I don't want to be a poster child for a, a white mom raising black kids. Like, I just want right. to be Jamie. Like, I don't want right. to have that role. And I feel like they got that role given to them. Oh, yeah. Especially the platform. I think it would be different if they were, like, even on CBN, something like that. Mm-hmm. Y'all on Netflix. Right. Millions yeah. and millions of viewers. Mm-hmm. Until they take it down, which will probably be never. never. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I, I think that that definitely will be a consequence that will follow them for a while. But hopefully they make like they they do something with it. For sure. You know, you guys in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. 
Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You know, watching things like this, and we brought up the gymnastics thing, it always is like, because I'm an Enneagram 6, so we brought up the Enneagram earlier. I'm an Enneagram 6, so I even had a conversation with Aaron last night about something completely different, and I said to him, and he looked at me like I was crazy, I said, we were in a room full of people, and I said, I'm always waiting for one of these people to come out as doing something bad. Mm. And he's like, but Jamie, these are really great people in here. I'm like, okay. Like, I I literally am always afraid that somebody that I love and trust, they're going to find on their computer. You too? Oh, all the time. All the time. Especially if I'm in a room with pastors. I'm like, one of y'all lying. One of y'all. (laughs) <laughs> I know that's not funny, but it's just like... Is this a good way for us to live y'all. or a bad way for us to live? I, 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 it makes me feel I safer. Mean, does, it have to be, does it have to be either or? Because I think it, it's good in that we're not overly optimistic or idealistic about people's sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm in a room with these people that have books and have churches and all this type of stuff, I'm not looking at them like they're Jesus, right? right? I think it's only bad because it means that I'm not hoping the best Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my neighbor. Um, But it's just, you know, you just see too much mess coming out of our heroes. And so to me, it's just like, it's 10 of us in a room, two of y'all, two of y'all cheating. Mm -hmm. I don't don't, don't trust I do the same thing. So I want to flip the script. You and I are both people who do things publicly. Right. Like, do you want people to trust you? I do. But not make but it, we're not Jesus. Yeah, like there's a, well, one, I, th- I think it's weird because trusting me, there, there should be a level of trust and hope that what I'm saying is what I do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But then there's also the reality that even your expectations of me may not be accurate. Right. And so, like I mentioned earlier, that I I can be a bit mean. You might be like, oh, I follow her on Instagram and she's so funny and she just interacts with her. And it's just like, yeah, I am funny, but I also have a very bad attitude problem at times. Right. And so, like, if you are around me, you would observe both. Mm -hmm. So what is what what part of what image of me are you actually yeah. trusting? I think That's this is like a lesson for all of us who follow people, not just people who follow Jackie and Jamie, but who follow people. Uh, I always say if you get if, if you're like a, a I'm going to use this really weird word, like a quote unquote fan and you get to know mm-hmm. me, I'm going to let you down. Like, oh, yeah, your expectations need to be brought really low down. You haven't let me down, though, Jamie. Aww. Thanks, Jackie. Um, <laughs> like you're like you mad consistent like oh, you, you're not like you're not out but here but what i'm saying is like there is you what you see is this one yes. thing like last night for example another example a woman said to aaron like man you're really showing us up like i'm always like look what aaron aaron's so nice to jamie the husband was saying you're really making us mm-hmm. all look bad out here and i was like okay that's cool because i think aaron ivy's a great husband but what you don't see on instagram is when I'm like fiery hot mad at Aaron because he treated me bad or dropped the ball on something or mm-hmm. showed up at seven when he said he's gonna be home at five. Mm-hmm. So that's my point is that all of these people who are famous and we're not just talking about child molesting, they are going to let us down. Yes. And I think it is, has to be a viewer switch of our heart to know I, if I'm putting these people on a pedestal, that's <clears throat> a wrong thing. My question to that would be even with the expectation that our heroes will fail us, right? I think there are degrees to the failure. And so with somebody like Jerry, that that failure is is way more grievous than, you know, Aaron Mm, not cutting the onions a certain way. So I guess how how as viewers of these shows or as followers of these pastors of these authors of these podcasters what is the role of holding people accountable is that our role at all do we unfollow do we stop purchasing 
do we leave mean things in the DMs and hope that that will regenerate them? What do we do? I have opinion on this. Okay. And I say, I don't want to be prideful here. So you can call me out, Jackie. Okay. If I have a particular situation a couple months ago where someone was continuously sending me DMs, I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe you did that. Da, 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 da. And I, because I think, like I said, if you're just a follower of me and we've never met, I am going to disappoint you. Like, you know, like I'm a human and you may not like everything I do or agree with everything I do. I hope I'm like consistent with the word of God and following Jesus and all those things. Um, and I sent back a message and was like, hey, I just don't know why you follow me. And I think that you would be happier if you didn't. And so mm. for me, I think as people who were following people, we do have a responsibility to like guard our hearts. Like, is she, am I consistently mad when I follow Jackie? You know what? I got to unfollow her. That's my thoughts. Yeah. Yours? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of this conversation is, is, is kind of very uh, hinged on the cancel culture thing. Right. Uh, because I think with cancel culture, some of it is obnoxious, but I think some of it is good. Uh, when you have somebody like a Harvey Weinstein or a Bill Cosby, uh, where it's like canceling you is really withdrawing my public support of anything that you do as a consequence for your bad yeah. behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we have to determine what is worth That's good. Yeah. that level of, I guess, withdrawal but also understanding that you don't know these people and you don't know everything. And so somebody coming at your head and mine for participating in a particular thing, it's like, go talk to a friend <laughs> right. and get all that energy out with them. Because, because what you're saying is canceling Bill Cosby is a mm -hmm. valid thing because Bill Cosby, he should be, he should be canceled. Yeah. You and I being associated with an event and we're not associated no. with like a, a, a pornography event. It is like a right. people that love Jesus event. Those are right. not on equal grounds. And the dynamics and or the things that, about it that you're you're angry at or whatever are so minor, and uh, they hinge on your own convictions. Right. And so you're legitimately like mad at me for a conviction that you have that the Holy Spirit hasn't given me because it ain't even in the Bible. About I, I'm, it's I'm not a conviction about whether we should that. abuse children or not. Yes. Right. It's yes. It's I went to a certain event yes. during COVID. Yes. Yeah. And you don't like yeah. that. Even though I was virtual. But, you know. <laughs> I can't believe you took heat for being virtual. Look at you. Man, oh, they coming yeah. for everybody yeah. then. My DM my DMs was popping. <laughs> like how dare you? Uh, and you were popping. You had a baby I, that day. I was in labor, my guy. <laughs> Give me a break, oh, guys. I'm trying to get this epidural to uh, <laughs> wean wean off. Y'all going crazy. Uh, that I mean, the one thing I did, like, and this is like, I want I want to be careful here how I say this because I I I'm not happy at all about what happened with Jerry and all the people that he offended greatly. Is there is this idea of bringing light to what is happening in certain things, mm -hmm. and I think that's happening, and it's valid. We saw it in gymnastics. Uh, we see it here. We see it mm -hmm. in an NFL coach recently who talked about the racism he's experienced in teams. Like mm -hmm. these things should be brought to the light and should be talked about. It really stinks when it is at the expense of other things, you know, like. Yeah. Do, do you know something they brought up that I didn't realize is that they talked about the how someone can be a cheerleader who's like a grown, grown man? <laughs> what do you mean? Like they're not in they, junior college? Yeah, like they they had they showed there was this like scene in these clips uh -huh. where they got like 30 year old guys who are part of these cheerleading teams. Part of Navarro? It was it was just a, a, a team, team, team. Yeah, it was a bunch of B yeah, yeah, yeah. with the stuff. And I was, it was it was when the lawyers were talking, mm -hmm. and I was like, no, that is a problem yeah. that you have. Oh, these you're right because they girls. said this girl was 14, and he's like, I'm 28. Yeah, that I, that is a, a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this whole segment, this whole episode is bringing to light that no, this needs to be fixed, mm -hmm. and parents have to be aware. Because I mean, I think for me, stuff like that, as hard as it would be, it would be on some. If this is the kind of dynamic that you have with a certain cheerleading squad my children can't partake yeah, yeah. they can't yeah. because I, I i can't i i don't know if they will be safe 
you know, it brings up, you've got young kids, mine are all older, but it brings up the conversation as parents is like these conversations, you have to have conversations with your kids um, about things. And I'm going to say this without being, I'm going to say this, try to without being crude. There was an interview on here, I believe with the gymnast. Oh, it was the lawyer. Mm-hmm. She was a, she was a gymnast who was sexually mm-hmm. assaulted by, uh, by oh, Nasser. Didn't, yeah. didn't, Din Hollander or something y- like that. Yeah. And so this, um, woman was saying what he, what that trainer did to her. And when I heard it, I thought, this is the most terrible thing I've ever heard. As a teen mm-hmm. girl, she believed this was part of her training. Yep. And as a mom, that made me think, man, I've got to have like hard, gruesome, like kind of crude conversations with my kids about what is okay and what yeah. is not okay. Yeah, because you got to define the terms. That is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. abu- abusers take such advantage of ignorance. And I hate that about them. I don't hate them, but I hate that because <laughs> that, it's so it's demonic, mm-hmm. really. You know, that's really uh, mature of you. What you just said. Well, I don't hate them. I don't. That's good for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, because huh? I've been abused. Yeah. And but I think so. This is gonna go go left. I watch a lot of serial killer documentaries. And things about like sociopaths and narcissists and people with PPD personality, uh, paranoid personality disorder, blah 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 blah. And so I, I, I think I have an empathy for people with certain deviances. Doesn't mean that I'm like I'm not mad and don't think justice mm-hmm. should be enacted. But I think I understand how nature and nurture, uh, on top of the fact that we've come from Adam, yeah. just leads us to do some dark things. It's very mature of you, Jackie. Okay, let's do the other team. What do you think about, oh, what was his name? I don't know. You know who I'm talking uh, about? And do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, the coach. No, no, no. Oh, Here we go. the little boy. Yeah, the little boy. What's his name? Who didn't want to? Uh, he didn't want to show any emotion. Smile. He didn't show his smile. <laughs> Poor thing. I, I enjoyed that uh-huh. about um, this season that they kind of, really got into the 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 wrestle it can be for straight men mm. to be a part of a cheer team because i mean coming from where i come from the assumption is if you are a man and you're a cheerleader you're most likely mm-hmm. gay but to to hear from the coach about how he's an athlete this was the best way he can get a scholarship and he's like but what y'all think mm-hmm. this is what i'm gonna yeah. do and then him trying to coach these boys into knowing that just because you smiled and clapped, it doesn't make you less of a man. Mm. And that's just, it was, that was just good. really intriguing. That was good. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting conversation about, um, that you that you just brought up. And it felt like, again, we only see five people on each team, you know, so we don't see the right. whole team. But it did seem like there were kind of different people at both of the schools. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is almost every guy that we saw at Navarro was gay. Yeah. But I didn't get that feel from Trinity Valley. No. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, yeah, is I, it a recruiting the, thing? They, I, I just... They, I think it could yeah. be, and it, it also might be the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they they feel drawn to him and mm-hmm. you know appreciate him and have affection for him and the style because he said that their style isn't as dramatic yeah, as, as Navarro. Navarro, and so I guess it's just been more like oh we flip and we stand and we clap yeah. versus yeah like <laughs> <laughs> Navarro like they was just they was like doing a lot. Someone told me this. But in their division, these are the only two teams competing against each other. What do you mean? There's no other competition? This is what I've heard. That in the division that they compete in, the like co-ed, advanced junior college division, these two teams are competing against each other. Each other. Okay. Well, that so they always will be <laughs> number one or number two. Right? Basically. So... They, uh, there's this article and it said, cheer viewers have their minds blown after... Uh, season two after a crucial detail is left out. Navarro and Trinity Valley aren't just competitors, but each other's only competitors. They are the only two teams competing in the advanced large co-ed junior college division. <laughs> Someone tweeted, finding out that Navarro and TVCC have been each other's sole competitors for years has me shocked <laughs> to my core. 
they're the only two teams. And so you look at all the championships that that uh, Monica has. Yeah, you only have, you only one, have enemy. one enemy. Which is wow. why I think if this is true, and I've just read this article that Greg, the director at Netflix, was very very smart to bring in Trinity Valley, even if they didn't tell us this, because mm-hmm. I think it's like. Oh, we need to see. So this is the only school they ever compete at against. And it also mm-hmm. makes it me happier for Trinity Valley that they actually won. I was happy for them. I'm not going to lie. I had mixed feelings because I'm not a person that cheers for the underdog. I want the people you that don't have cheer won for the underdog. I never do. I always do. If I don't have a stake in the game, like never. if it's not, if it's University of Texas, I'm always cheering for them. If I'm watching the Super Bowl. Tell me who's not supposed to win. Tell me who has the saddest story on the team. Tell me which player just lost his mom to cancer yesterday. That's my team. When I when I say I I okay I can't say it after you just said that. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> no because for, for me it's again I I am really intrigued by and and thrive from seeing people that kill something kill something. And so it's like if you're the one that's killing it, I want to see what you do to make sure that you kill mm-hmm. it again. I don't care about the people that keep losing. They keep losing for a reason. (laughs) So that's it kind of made me feel like, oh, man, what happened? But I think I don't when your coach isn't there. That was a big talk about season two. Yep. To what? Two semesters. Mm -hmm. Not two semesters. No, two quarters. It was a long time. I mean, she left to go do dancing with the stars. You're not going to win. Yeah, <laughs> like it, you're just not. And I think her team, so. what they portrayed there, really felt kind of let down. Like that's what we talk about fame. Like it took her away from what mm-hmm. she was supposed. It's hard. Like we're here, like you know. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Dancing with the Stars, low key, probably gave this woman a check that she couldn't. How do you say no to that? For a long yeah, time. exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like. In her mind, she probably I got to provide for my family too. And you know what? What we might not have seen here, me am here. I am trying to see the best. Is that she might have sat down with her team and said, "I'm only going if you guys tell me to go." And they're like, mm-hmm. "Yes, Monica, we love you. Go win Dancing with the Stars." But mm-hmm. we didn't see that. But then when she's gone for two months, now all of a sudden they're like, "You know what? I am mad about this." You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I just always remind myself we don't see every minute of what happens in these people's lives. No, we don't. And so, and we can't. We can't. And they're gonna leave. They gotta leave stuff out for you know time's sake, drama and drama. And yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you something that made me laugh. Tell me. That I te- I text my friend uh, John about. So there's this scene where the one girl who was like a tumbler, not a tumbler, one of the girls that gets stood up on the hands, a she, flyer, she, flyer. Yes, she got removed from Matt and she went and started crying. She was mad. She was she was having a moment. But Monica's face <laughs> was so blank. Like, why are you crying kind of thing? And I text uh, my friend. I said, she acts like me <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I feel around tears. I just become really analytical and logical. And so, like, she just started to say, like, just because you got removed from Matt doesn't mean that you won't ever. Like, she got real logical Mm -hmm. with the girl. Like, why are you being so emotional? And so, I don't know. I just related. That's probably why I have a lot of grace for Monica. Is that I just related to that. Like, we don't have time to be crying. What are we doing? Like, if you. If you f- do better flips, we won't have a problem. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I did. I actually, in that moment, I was like, that's a coach, though. Like, that's what you have to do. Like, wh- like yeah. what What are we doing here? Like, just go do your job and we have to talk about this. Uh, yeah. My last question for you. Eden, Autumn, Sage. You going to let them be, do cheerleading? You going to let them do cheerleading? Oh. And August, too. Like, let's um, not leave out the boys. I, I'm a little old school and I don't like that they just have them kind of got their little butts in the in the in their stomachs out. That that I'm not saying anybody that has their children in cheer are like promoting immodesty. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I just it just makes me uncomfortable. And so maybe if the belly buttons was covered up, <laughs> I would be more I have- but I do want to put uh the, that that tumbling 
thing that was teaching all the, the kids at the other TVC uh -huh. or something like that, they're in Atlanta. Oh. And I looked into them for Autumn. Okay. Because Autumn is our athletic child. And I think she could thrive in that atmosphere. There you go. So, we'll see. Season three, Jackie Hill Perry. <laughs> Joining the cheer gym. <laughs> Toddler cheer. Toddler cheer. That's what we oh, need. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I guess. Jackie, thanks for talking about uh, cheer. This is fun. It was fun. We we got to do Big Brother next year. I, I, Let's do I, it. It's just, it. It's comes out. It's a, it's every summer, right? It's summer. Yep. So is right now the celebrity one happening or am I just behind? Yeah. yeah it, it might be over. No. Yeah, we didn't do it either. I don't watch the celebrity one. It's not the same. Okay. Yeah. I'll be back this summer watching Big Brother. All right. Jackie, have a good day. Okay, that was so much fun. I, I I can't wait to do this again next month. And of course, Jackie's like, we got to do this this summer over Big Brother. Because I used to watch the TV show Big Brother years and years and years ago. Jackie got me back on it last year. And so I was back on the Big Brother train again. And I don't know, maybe we should come in and have a little Big Brother recap with Jackie and Jamie every week. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, just a conversation between two girlfriends. Okay, as I promised you, here is the song Hope is Awake by Austin Stone Worship.
I love that song. I hope that it's encouragement to you. Again, it's Hope is Awake by Austin Stone Worship, and you can get that song wherever you listen to music. Download it and let it be an encouragement to you, your family, and your friends uh, as you prepare for this upcoming season of celebrating Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Hope is Awake by Austin Stone Worship. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivey. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.